here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey, all you fans of the Dharmic Evolution Podcast, thank you for being here once again. And for those of you who are new to this space, my job is to uncover the best of the best indie singer, songwriters, musicians, bands, authors, speakers, and thought leaders from around the world and present them to you before they get discovered by the mainstream. This is the podcast you will find undiscovered talent before they hit the big time. It's what we do. Before we get into today's show, just want to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, if you dig the show, please forward it to someone who might like to hear this show. Also, my book, Seven Steps to Mental Freedom, is out. It was written to help people who suffer from depression and anxiety. You can go to 7stepstomentalfreedom.com. That's the number seven, stepstomentalfreedom.com. Check it out. You can look at what's available there. There's a great explanation and a video telling you all about what is 7 Steps to Mental Freedom all about. Well, it's about something you can do for yourself to enhance your life. Let's get into today's guest. This always excites me when we go down under. Well, this is gonna be unique because we're going back to the land down under via Los Angeles, California. And this is a modern soul singer with a sound that embodies old school cool with bold, sexy optimism. Her sound takes its cue from vintage sonic swagger, a la Amy Winehouse. But she'd just as much rather be at home drinking martinis with Andre Day, Brittany Howard, and Nancy Sinatra at her favorite lounge bar in L.A. Her soul-leaning, sun-seeking songs remind you that if the champagne glass isn't already full, then it's at least half full and definitely never empty. Her signature chocolate-coated vocals are drenched in feel-good vibe, and her megawatt smile and natural charisma draw you in with gravitational force. So we're celebrating this lady's two new singles that are out right now, If You Were My King and The Way I Feel About You. And what a way to mark out a new friendship going to Los Angeles via the land down under. Ladies and gentlemen, strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride today on the Dharmic Evolution and hanging out with Cass Eager. Cass, I want to welcome you to the Dharmic Evolution podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, James. I appreciate it. So you are from Australia. Um, I love having Australian artists on. I don't know what it is about your big continent over there, but uh, the talent and um, had some really fun interviews. So tell us, how did it come to be that you ended up in L.A. and kind of going back and forth? Yeah, well, that's a that's a, a, a long tale, um, but I basically... I've been performing and singing and recording my whole life and writing and um, I had I had two kids and I found myself at the at the um, after having the second one I was sort of living in my pajamas just being a mum <laughs> still I never stopped gigging I was always gigging mostly because my husband is my agent so that always helped um, and my drummer oh and, nice um, <laughs> that's yeah a good no, that's how we met actually we met on the road. <laughs> Um, and so, but I just kind of found myself, I guess, you know, feeling more like a mom and less like a musician. So I was like, I have to find a way to make music fun again. And I stumbled upon, um, someone that was doing a course about writing for sync and they were based in LA and, um, they also ran an agency. So, um, through that, I kind of, instead of writing songs that were, you know, in my mind had to be like my next song that was really meaningful that was going to land on my album I sort of it just it just flipped the coin for me and it just sort of it said let's let's write a song about you know um female empowerment or let's write a song about um you know um friends or going home or something and write it with a stranger uh, on zoom that you've never met before and I hated co-writing I'd only ever co-written with one other person so it was all these new little challenges that um, set me in motion and and um, I just fell in love with music again, which is what I needed. I think I needed a new challenge. Um, and through that I met, uh, yeah, so she became one of my agents, uh, my, one of my licensing agents. And um, 
and I came over to LA for the first time for a conference um, that she was putting on with music um, supervisors and licensing agents. And through that, I met a, a bunch of amazing songwriters and producers. And um, one of those was um, the producer that I'm using here in LA called Billy Leffler. And um, we just started making music together. And I've been coming over ever since um, hitting the studio with him, um, writing and recording and meeting lots of new people. And most recently, actually through a, um, a course online I was doing with the School of Songwriting in LA during COVID, uh, I met a woman by the name of Steph Morton Small and we started writing songs together. And so my last trip here, we recorded those and that's whose house I'm sitting in right now. Yeah. Um, I'm here with her and yeah, we just um, we just became really great friends and, and we collaborate really, really well together. So I'm excited about moving forward. So the so this actually kind of changed your outlook on co-writing, I guess, from what you originally started. Absolutely, <laughs> it's a very frightening. The thought of it is very frightening, and I've spoken to a lot of people since who have the same feeling as me, or had the same feeling as me, and you know, and I try and just say, yeah, you like if you just let go of that fear and sort of, and and actually, it's one of those things. The more you do it the more comfortable you get with it and you can recognize what's a good co-write and you know what might not be a great fit um but it's always fun if you if you allow it to be fun you know and you let go of that fear yeah most um, of the people i've talked to um have had a similar experience where they they had worked alone for a long time and until they really got with the right person and had that experience. And then it was like a lot of them have said they won't go back now. I mean, they, yeah. they will write again. You know, they will write songs, of course, on their own. But they, their preference is now to, to write with other people because it almost, I think it kind of forces your hand to be, um, to finish quicker and to be more productive and like see the end faster, you know, whereas when we're by ourselves, I can go just, all right, I'm going to put this one aside and I'm going to write something mm -hmm. completely new. But that idea might have been really great if it had been stretched by somebody else. Mm, you know? Yeah, that's and, so true. And, and you don't often know what's a good idea and what's not until you have that collaborator that you trust that's, that says, oh, you know, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, let's, let's, you know, let's go, let's use that. What, you know, and you bounce off each other and, none of the ideas would have existed without that bouncing and that's the beautiful that's the beautiful thing about collaborating yeah i find with yeah. um a producer such as as billy i would imagine that um when you're in the studio and you you have somebody that's really talented with arrangements and can kind of move the pieces around um it often generates like a whole another vein of the song that you know all of a sudden this bridge is like something out of wonderland that just came in because of you know maybe shift a baseline or something or came in with you know some kind of keyboard part or something but I, I love that experience of of going in and you don't really know exactly what it's going to sound like until it's done and all the, the little avenues that we go down um, during that process it's just it's just such a joy you know to, to it is experiment. it is such a joy it's like being in and a especially, uh, submarine or something with all the lights going and everything. In a, in a studio, you mean? In a, it's like being in a submarine when you're in the studio. Yeah. It's like all these lights and things and, you know, everybody's, you know, cooking something, you know. It's so yeah, cool. Yeah, it is so fun and exciting. And, and actually, for me, again, that was a new experience working with um, Billy because previously I had, um, I've always, you know, toured and, I've I've I've, pl I've written songs and then road tested them live and then you sort of see what works and what doesn't and the and you know the ones that are connecting and and or, or you sort of feel the ones that need to be a bit faster or you know a little bit of a um, maybe you can work out the key change and you know you get it right and then you once you've got it right you kind of take it into the studio but I would only ever I mean I had producers or I and I co-produced but it was sort of pretty much what we sounded like live. And right. then we'd record that, you know, and we'd do a few overdubs. Um, and I love that. And I still love that. And I would like to do that again as well. But when I, when I went into the studio with Billy, he's like, you know, we did a, a couple of songs. And then he, you know, he said, oh, you should come back for like a week and we'll do, you know, we'll do enough, we'll do enough songs for an EP. And, um, and I said, okay, great. Where, you know, what band will we get? Where will we get the band? And he's like, oh, we don't need a band. 
And, and I went, well, how are we going to make the music? And he said, I'll do it <laughs> and you'll help me. And so it was. I was like so excited. I was a kid in a candy store the very first time I went in with because I was just, I remember telling everybody the week before I was going like, can you believe I'm going to the studio? There's, we're not going to have a band. We're just going to make the music. <laughs> and it was so exciting. We did one one track a day and just watching him work like that. And we, you know, again, it was a sense of collaboration. Like, oh, I love that sound. You know, yeah, put that in. Like, um, And often built from my songs that I'd written on an acoustic guitar, you know, which just was my demo was just um, some of them were a bit fleshed out, but there were ones that, turned into magic from just you know three chords and, a, and an acoustic and a melody so yeah so was he doing the engineering as well and in, yeah. in, in this yes yeah, uh, well he had he had he often had an assistant yeah. yeah yeah sometimes that's necessary especially if you're you're shifting instruments all the time you just get more productive with help you know yeah. but that's great because you know having a stripped down situation like that you can really get to the meat of it pretty quick you know like mm. you know, what is this song telling us you know where where is this thing coming from and going so um and i do like that idea of being able to play it on an acoustic guitar or a piano and like recognizing the beauty in the song in that form that it doesn't need to be you know coated in layers of synths and you know, drums and samples and everything. I mean, that that to me is like the icing on the top of of an already great song. It has to be a great song to begin with. And then you, you know, and then the, the second half of the art form is, um, which I now realise after working with Billy, I, I, I feel like the songwriting is half and then the production is the other half. And they're the two, the two married together is, is makes the magic. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I I feel like um, every time I was going to do an album, um, I would go and do a lot of open mics. And, and it's almost like when you're in just acoustic guitar and, you know, put the song out there and you could almost close your eyes and feel the audience like, is this thing going over like a lead balloon or is it we have something juicy here? You know, you can feel the energy really. And uh, even even without the applause or lack of applause, you can kind of just feel the room, you know, after you do this enough, you almost have like a sixth sense about it. And I think that's really the right way to do it is say, does this thing stand on its own two feet? Like, can anybody just pick up a guitar and play this song and somebody will say, yeah, this is a really good song? Or because that's the mark of that's the one we go and produce, you know, that's mm. the one because that one has the greater chance of coming to life and going from being a good song to possibly a great song and mm. and i think when you put the odds in your favor like that i wanted to play um your new release for everybody so um this one is called if you were my king you can keep the silver you can keep the gold i don't want a thorny crown or jewels to hold i don't If you were my king, we'd take it over. If I were your queen, we'd rule forever. If you were my king, we'd take it over. And I were your queen, we'd rule forever.
If you were my king, can you take it over? And I were your queen, we'd rule forever. If you were my king, we'd take it over. Don't you wanna take it over? And I were your queen, we'd rule forever. If you were my king, we'd take it over. Fabulous, fabulous song. I, I love the beginning. I said, is, is this thing uh, like, was that? Is this from the 30s or what, what's going on here with this uh, this intro and everything? And then you come and that was a great touch. I really love that. <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's funny because um, we were just talking about being in the studio and we, we just wanted to get the intro down because we really wanted to sort of start the production with the chorus so so billy said like um let me just get my phone out we'll just you sing i'll um i think we were sitting on the floor in the street yeah, i'll play guitar you sing and we'll just get the you know we'll just get the rhythm down just so we can stick it in and use it as a placeholder kind of thing through the phone and that's and we recorded it and then we built the chorus that comes in after that and it just landed so much more powerfully after leaving that. I guess we just got used to it. And it was just one of those beautiful things. We're like, let's leave it in. I had a so, feeling yeah, it was something like on a that mobile phone. because it was so authentic. I said, how did they, you know, did they rehearse this or how did they, they get this together? <laughs> very, yeah, very cool. And it's loose and sloppy and I love everything yeah, about it. <laughs> yeah, it was great. You remind me of um, Aretha Franklin. And I mean, I, I don't know why, but there's just something about your voice and the soulfulness of it and the passion is just really, really great. Um, who were you listening to, um, Cass, growing up as um, a young impressionable um coming up musician like that really influenced you know the track that you ended up on well aretha franklin was a big were you really big one yeah so that's that's oh, wow. very nice compliment thanks <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i you know i've i've cried many times listening to aretha just just because she's you know she blows me away um yeah. I, I i i think i started I started in jazz, believe it or not. I really loved, I used to listen to Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald, um, Sarah Vaughan, you know, I just, uh, and then I, and then I, and then I discovered um, um, uh, someone whose name escaped me. Oh, Nina Simone. Okay. So <clears throat> she was, she was one of my favorites, even though actually, you know, she was never really a singer. Apparently she was a, a piano player. And I, I don't know if this is true, but I heard a story that she turned up to a gig and um, the, the singer didn't turn up and they were, and the band was like, well, Nina, you sing, you know, why don't you do the gig so we can go home and get paid. And, um, and so she sang and that's how she started. And I guess the audience loved it. She, I just, I love the thing I love about Nina is it made me realize that one note can can carry everything in it. Like yeah. I would rather hear Nina Simone sing one note than you know um, someone amazingly proficient sing a, a hundred. You know, because because that that carries the magic in it. The tone for me is like, and she just had this incredible unique tone, and I and I yeah, it just really sort of opened my eyes that to be like, oh, it doesn't have to sound like. Even though I used to listen to Whitney Houston and transcribe yeah. all her lyrics and sing along to her as well but um you know someone like nina was just like oh you know it's it's more about the character yeah than than the per perfection you stayed with yeah. the divas so that was a though. big influence for me huh you stayed with the divas though because that's kind of where, yeah. you, where you belong i mean you have that big <laughs> impression you know you got a really really great tone uh to your voice too um and and you know how to use it well 
Um, so when you first started music, um, Cass, did you connect immediately to voice or was there an instrument first? Like, how did it start for you? I think I started, well, I started um, playing guitar, guitar and singing at primary school and we would sing, you know, um, love potion number nine yeah. and just these little ditties and um i love that we just didn't learn the guitar we also sang while we played um so that you know i guess that sort of started the singer songwriter thing for me um and i did learn piano when i was younger as well so um i got up to fourth grade with that but my older sister was a she she also went to the same school and did the guitar and singing as part of the school and and she started writing these gorgeous little songs when she was, I don't even know how old, 10 or something. And it was like, the birds are singing, the flowers are dancing, sitting and taking it all in, like these cute little songs. <laughs> and so I wanted to, I always wanted to be like her. So I'm like, oh, well, I'll write a song too. Yeah. Um, but actually, I think the very first song I wrote, and I've never understood this. This is very strange. It must have gone in by osmosis, but I, I wrote this song called sad lisa and um and years later it was i've still got it like penned in my ba little baby writing and i remember sort of thinking oh i don't know if that's any good i won't don't know if i'll play it to anyone maybe i played it to my family and um anyway years later i was with a friend and we were standing at the bus stop and she started singing this song and it was sad lisa and i was like what how uh, you know, how do you know my song? And she's going, that's not your song. That's Cat Stevens. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's his song. My song was, my song was only the first verse of his and it ended, like, it ended there. And, and I just was like, how did that happen? So now I'm like, I, you know, I've sort of carried that with me. I've got to be really careful not to like let someone else's song come in by osmosis accident. Yeah. <laughs> no collaboration, no approval from Kat on that one at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah. Lucky I never set it in stone and recorded it. Yeah. So let me ask you about um, now that you have come to LA many times, um, is, is this now, is home always Australia or is are you living in LA now or are you kind of just going back and forth all the time yeah I'm I'm I mean my home is still in Australia mm -hmm. um but it's funny that you ask that yeah because I often say that the first time I came to LA which was I don't know a few years ago now I mean uh, um I felt like a stranger yeah and then the second time but but I went home really happy, having met a, you know great people. And then the second time I came, I felt like I had friends. And um, the third time, I felt like I had family. So um, you know, I really feel like I have family here, and it feels like home away from home. And um, actually, planning on bringing um, my family out here with me in January for a month. So my husband and two kids are going to come out and um, hang. And you never know, you know, we'll just need to uh, need a couple of hits, and I'll be buying my house in the Hollywood Hills. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I can have two homes. <laughs> awesome. I love that plan. That's going to work out just fine. <laughs> yeah, that is. That's, that's my dream. So was it, <laughs> was it shocking when you came to L.A.? I mean, you know, people, people have these um, preconceived notions about L.A. and Hollywood and all the things about it. Um, was it. Was it a bit shocking for you at all? Like when you first got here, like was it overwhelming? Or did the music just kind of ground you right away? I think coming for a reason yeah. helped because I wasn't just, I, I know people, people either seem to love or, or, or hate LA. And, and I think I had come years earlier with my sister. And um, so I had really good memories of that too. And I had met um, another great singer that lives here. Patrick Barnett is his name. Um, he's kind of a beautiful jazz crooner. Sounds like Michael Bublé, Frank Sinatra. And I saw him at the Dresden Lounge Um and so, you know, I hit him up and we hung out. So, you know, I had I had one friend. And to be honest, I mean, I love traveling. I love adventure. I love new experiences. That's the fodder for songwriting, you know. Yeah. I mean, if, if you sort of get stuck in the same routine, it's, it's difficult to – you need new experiences to spark new emotions. Yes. Which spark, you know, new thoughts. So – yeah, I mean, I, I just love any any kind of new experience, I, I, no matter, you know, where I live or 
land. I'll always be traveling. I'll always find a reason to go somewhere new or, or even just have a new experience wherever I am anyway. Like I'm never one of those people that says, hey, let's go to that place we went to last time. Let's go there again. I'm always like, you know, where else can we go? Let's go somewhere new. Let's yeah. have a new experience. And I've had lots of that this trip, which thankfully, which has been lovely. So, I, I get the sense that you have a very eclectic um, both soul and taste in music. Is that correct? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> with your music, it's like, I mean, you've got two tracks here that are they're very different and they both mm. they both um tap into a center of emotion which i really enjoyed and and i said this is this is great because i i didn't get the same vibe on either one i got both great mm. vibes but very different vibes you know is that something yeah, you, you I, deliberately yeah, do yeah it's funny ever since even my first record i my first album it was to me, I mean, obviously you try and find a, you know, cohesive thread in a body of work when you put songs together. But for me, it's just, I guess it's always been more about the song rather than, you know, oh, this song worked, okay, I'm going to write another song exactly like that. And then, you know, or this is, you know, I want every song to sound the same. I just, I just let the songs land and fall. And, and, and as long as they're, as you said, tapping into the emotion because at the end of the day, it's like, what do you want the listener to feel when they're hearing this song, you know? So I think tapping into that emotion and then letting the song create a narrative around that emotion is the most important thing um, rather than, you know, having songs that sound the same. They are two different songs, the songs I gave you. And <clears throat> I've got an album coming out in a few months that's, you know, 10 or 12 tracks of you know, more, more of that there, there, but I think actually the more you put together, like those two are quite different. They're probably two of the most different ones that will be on the album, but when you put the rest all in, sew them all in between, you know, I think the, um, the, the sound and, and I guess my voice, you know, are the other things that are the unifying force of them. But, but yeah, really the emotion has always been the driving thing. Um, I want people to lose themselves for three or four minutes in the song and um let, let it carry them away let it let it lift them up let it make them feel better yeah just just let them be transported and i think the more you can tap into someone's emotion the more that's going to happen yeah i agree with um i always say the song knows everything and you have to follow mm. it and let it teach you like what you should be doing. And it's it's just extraordinary how that happens. And it's like, I think when you honor that, that it's it's this, it's this like living, breathing entity that somehow has its own intelligence. And you mm. just have to kind of just keep walking behind it and going, all right, you want me to go here? All right, I'll, I'll go over here. You want me to go over here? All right, I'll sing, you know, I'll, I'll swallow some helium and I'll sing higher. I'll do whatever I got to do, you know? <laughs> so... So I, I love that because I feel like songwriting is the one thing where I feel you can get away with, you don't need to know anything. Of course, you, got, you need to learn craft and you need mm. to learn the particulars of songwriting. But I think just being a little bit blind and following like what the muse is telling you to do, um, you, you honor that song and you, you just come away with the, the greatest you know piece of work i think how did you come up with if you were my king anyway great title i love that hmm. it just it just fit huh yeah um let me think i just thought about actually i think it might have been inspired by um game of thrones because i loved that you know relationship between I can't even remember their name now. It was so long ago. But the two main characters at the end that were together, they became king and queen, I think. Right, right. Or they wanted to be together or something. Isn't that terrible? I, I no, I forgot too. <laughs> it's, like, but, um, it's the COVID memory. That's that's what it's getting me. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, I think that, that, that kind of level of alliance was really, just kind of really drew me in, like the power not the power they had as individuals, but the power they found together, um, you know, and I really love that idea of like, um, you know, self-empowering love. Um, so the one that 
you choose that lifts you up that um you know doesn't make you feel i mean it's going to make you feel vulnerable because it's what love does but you know the one that isn't where you're all needy and sweaty and you know and you feel like you're not in control i, I love this idea of you know um, and also this whole idea of being a queen instead of being a princess and waiting for prince charming to come and sweep you off your feet i mean that's just a fairy tale so it's more about an alliance of you know two people that help lift each other up and make each other stronger yeah I love the song. Really great. Congratulations on that. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I love it too. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know. I, I have a wrestling match with the two of them. So I want to play uh, the next one here. Um, this is uh, Cass's. It's called The Way I Feel About You. And this really got me. set up um just right from the get-go 
Um, I love the uh, nylon strings and the acoustic playing that off riff and just, you know, just sucked you in. And it's like, all right, I'm in the groove for this thing. What What's going to happen here? And uh, then it got like, for me, it got emotional. It's like, wow, this is, this is really, really cool. And um, I want to talk about production a little bit. This is with Billy also? Yeah. Okay, so... So he was handling all of the um, the production, and the thing I liked about it, it it's it's not overproduced, you know. No. There's not there's not a whole lot like of layers and things in there, so everything's breathing, you know. And your voice has a place to shine and cut through everything. Um, I, I think it was just so well done. So, oh, that's great! How Actually, is- there's a funny story about that song because <clears throat> sometimes I'll uh, I'll turn up. To the studio and i'll have i don't know 10 or 20 ideas some are fully formed songs and others are snippets um and i and i play them we play them together and we sort of pick which ones we're going to work on and um <clears throat> that one started out as little i think all i had was the hook line and it was just i'd said oh, i and i had a couple of little like you know sort of jazzy chords underneath it and it was just it's just the way i feel about you and that's literally all i had and Billy's like, that one, we're doing that one. And he's like, can you write that this week while we're recording the others? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> um, and so, but I actually got sick, funnily enough. Um, that was like, right, that was February 2020. And I got, I got quite sick. I don't know what I had, but um, let's just say it was the flu. And, um, and I was sick all week in the studio and I was struggling to do, you know, record, let alone write a whole other song. But we did go out. I must have been feeling better because it was was Valentine's Day, right? Uh, oh, February fourteenth. That's it. So, and we went out to this gig at the Standard in Hollywood, and it was like put on by a KCRW DJ, and it was Valentine's Day love song duets, and um, and it had a bunch of different performers. They all got up and did a couple of songs each, and there was you know there was stuff from all kinds of stuff, but the stuff that sort of I loved that landed on me that night was. There was kind of, um, you know, that sort of French Serge Gainsbourg kind of stuff, and it was very, you know, this sort of style. Like, yeah. I guess if I was singing in French, you know, um, which I won't attempt to do, but um, <laughs> uh, you know, that inspired me. And so then I, and it was, and he, he, Billy was like, Billy was at the gig with me. And he's like, shouldn't you be at home writing this song? And I'm like, yes, yes, I'm all right, all right. <laughs> so and then all the all in the studio, I'm sitting there uh, typing away, trying to get the lyrics, trying to, what am I going to do? What am I going to write? All Thursday, then Thursday night, and then Friday was the last day in the studio. And he said, "You better come in tomorrow with this song, um, and it better be a hit." <laughs> and so I'm like, "No pressure." I'm like, still not feeling well. It's like nine o'clock the night before, and I just remember going, "Okay, come on, come on, we can make this happen." Yeah. And I, I finished it, and I found this little phrase in one of my notebooks that said, "Hello, love, how do you do?" And I just really liked it, and I thought it had that beautiful light Serge Gainsbourg kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's an interesting concept, kind of singing to love. Um, and so I just went and I finished it at like two o'clock in the morning and I was like, yes. And then the best <laughs> thing was I took it into him the next morning and, you know, he can be quite hard. So I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm a bit nervous and I pre- he played it and, um, and he, he turned around and he said, it's a KCRW hit. And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we recorded it that day. But that's good to have somebody in your camp that you work with that puts some pressure on you because, you know, you rose to the occasion because you felt that about, like, this guy's not some softy who's just going to say, oh, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll do it some other time. You know, he was mm-hmm. he was pushing you to be your best. And yeah. that's so important, you know, to have, because when, how do you realize your best? You know, either you push you or somebody that's pushes so you. That's so true. And that is that's, so true. That's a blessing yeah. to have that. And I feel know? that with with um St- stephanie who i'm riding with at the moment yeah we yeah. both do that for each other as well it's really really helpful that's great tell yeah. us the story i want to get into the story about the video okay on the way i feel about you and uh that was fabulous i i, I did something similar around the around the covid time but this was just over the top great i mean i um, i watched it uh earlier today and i said this is just so cool of getting all that energy and mm-hmm. because what everyone went through with, you know, just being so, um, so separated from what their life was. And, and now all of a sudden you have this, this 
project that you can be a part of like you know mm-hmm. you my fans my friends my you know people who follow me and say um yeah i want to send in my joy you know and mm. so that's exactly what it was tell, yeah. tell us how you came up with this and what it's about just so the audience knows like yeah well it's actually started um when when COVID hit you know and i sort of all my gigs got cancelled and i <clears throat> i was like what am i going to do with myself so i applied for a scholarship uh, to do to study electronic music production at sae and i and i got it so it was a one-year diploma so as one as, as it was good it kept me busy when i <laughs> and and learning while we were sort of all stuck inside but one of the projects for that was to um, <clears throat> marry a piece of music and a piece of media. So I'm like, well, that sounds like a video. That sounds like a video clip to me. So, um, but it sort of, I wanted it to be meaningful. So I thought I, I liked the joy that was in that song. And I, um, yeah, I just wanted people to help me co-create the video. And and so I, re- I reached out on social media and I, I just said, you know, hey guys, um, can you send me a clip of what, whatever it is that's bringing you joy in these days of isolation? Um, and, and you know, you can you can be with someone, or be with a pet, or be with a stuffed toy, or because I know some people are a bit funny about filming themselves when they if they were living alone. And yeah. it was so cute the people that you know were with their pets and even little stuffed toys because it's like giving something a cuddle. Um, <clears throat> but I just really wanted it to be, you know. A remembrance that we can all uh, ha- we can all still experience joy, and uh, even though you know, even though we're all isolated, and we can feed off each other's joy. And so, and I just, I mean, I literally thought I would get you know ten or twenty clips, and I gave everybody like a forty-eight hour deadline, which was probably helpful too. Yeah. You know? um, uh, and I ended up getting like over two hundred clips sent in. Wow! And I know. I, I saw at the end because I of what said, you wow. said. I, <laughs> yeah, I think people just. I mean, I've spoken to people about it and they were just like, oh, it was just so nice to be able to be a part of something creative from home, like knowing you were contributing somehow. I think, you know, it really helped the people in isolation. Um, it helped me. I mean, I got to tell you, for for the next few days as those videos flooded in, I, I, I was, I mean, I just cried when I saw them because they just brought me so much joy. And the fact that people had taken the time to think about what it was that was bringing them joy and then capture that and send it in to be a part of it was just so heartwarming. And the, the video editor had so much trouble trying to squeeze them all into one song. I was almost yeah. going to make two clips, but but we, we made it happen. And, yeah, I just wanted a little bit of everybody just, you know, celebrating. It was celebrating. great. It was very, very uh, touching, you know, to see all the – you know, all the joy of all these people together, you know, just doing their thing. Really, really great yeah. idea. Tell oh, me, good. I'm so glad it it, um, it worked. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did for sure. Tell me, what do you like to do uh, for downtime when you're not doing music? Do you like, um, do you like hiking? Do you like biking? Do you like surfing, uh, hang gliding? <laughs> I, I would like all of those. I've yeah. never been hang gliding. Yeah. Um, I love hiking here. I go hiking around here with my friend. With my friend, um, but yeah, I guess we call it bushwalking in Australia. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. The same thing. Okay, yeah. sure. I don't really go bushwalking. It's funny in Australia, but I guess I, I go. I go walking. Like where I live in Byron Bay, which is a small little town, and it's got a great lighthouse. It's the easterly most point of Australia, so it has this beautiful lighthouse right on the edge of the beach, and. Um, you know, and you kind of got a great walk all up and around it. So I love doing that. I love the beach. I'm, I've, I've always loved the beach. So that's why I live. I mean, I grew up in Sydney, but I, I lived in Bondi Beach, which is, you know, um, a well-known beach in Sydney, and then moved to Byron. Um, so I just love the – I'm a Pisces. I don't know if that's why, but I just – I love yeah. the sand and the salt and the sea, and it's just very cathartic and cleansing and um, – yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do. I did take up roller skating again. I used to do it nice. as a kid, and I took it up in the in COVID. Uh-huh. But I landed on my ass. I landed <laughs> on my bottom so many times um, that I I actually started hurting myself. So I'm like <laughs> I'm like I'm I'm not doing this. This is silly. Um, but yeah, the beach. I love the movie. I love going to the movies. I love um, I love doing yoga and Pilates and um, meditating. Um, I love sitting in nature and just 
having peace and quiet, Yeah, which is one of the beautiful things I get to have while I'm here. You know, I love my children. I love hanging out with them, doing them whatever. And I love hearing them laugh. It's the most joyous sound in the world. But I do also like peace. I like being alone, funnily yeah. enough. My husband knows that. You know, I think just actually being alone. I loved being alone before I even met him. I think it's important to be able to be alone and sit with yourself um, and just, you know, get in tune with go in, go go inwards, you know, as opposed to always just needing external stimulation. Well, especially as um, as writers, I, I think it's a really healthy thing. I mean, I'm this, I'm kind of the same way you are. Um, I was single for a long, long time. I'm engaged now, but. Um, I would go traveling anywhere, but <laughs> thank you. I would just like, and people would say, isn't that kind of boring going by yourself? I said, no, are you kidding? I can change my mind like that. And I could be like, I mean, I was in uh, in Mexico one time and I, I was sitting at the bar one night and I had a sandwich. And I said, nah, I don't like this place. I'm going to, I'm going to move. I called the cab and it was like midnight and just went right down to another really nice hotel and you know, one o'clock in the morning, I just changed hotels just on a whim because I felt like there was some draw. I wanted to get out and do something different. But mm-hmm. I think I think people um, are afraid to do that because there's this fear of being alone, I think, for a lot of people that, what am I going to do? I got to have something going. I got to have noise going. I got to have the TV on. I got to have, I get, something has to pull my attention because there's this fear of, I'm going to be forced to discover myself. Mm. And that's frightening when it's, for so when many it's, people. I, I wonder why that's so frightening. I mean, I mean, I can understand why for some people, but, ge- you know, generally you would think that, that that's the most fun thing about getting to have this human existence, you know, this yeah. human life. It's like, yeah. oh, like, yeah, who, who am I and why am I here and how am I going to connect with people and serve and, and you know, what's my gift and... Um, and just connecting with, you know, your inner being. Yeah. Like, uh, instead of just always living from your ego kind of thing, you know, it's important. It's important to know that you get to choose, mm. you know, and we forget that. We're always looking for permission, like unconsciously mm-hmm. sometimes, and we're like looking around for somebody's got to bless this and tell me I can do this, and, and really you got to listen to what's inside, you know, to say, wait. I've had that with music my whole life. I'm like, am I actually allowed to do this? Am I just allowed to write songs and record them? And like, It's too much fun. And, you're right? not allowed I mean, to have that. That's why you say, like, right, what do you Cass? do in your downtime? I mean, I yeah. just love, in my downtime, I probably, I'm probably journaling and writing lyrics anyway because yeah. I love, I love, or, you know, pick up the guitar or sit at the piano. Like, I just love, it's very lucky you know, um, someone said to me recently, oh, you're so lucky to be going to L.A. And um, and I said, well, you know, actually, I don't think it's luck. I think I think what's lucky is that I love my work yeah. and that I've engineered my life around that, you know, and, and um, you know, but you've got to you've got to create your own. You can. We do create our own reality. So once you, um, you know, understand that and sort of feel the, that anything is possible, um then that's that's when life becomes fun and you know limitless. Yeah, we have a lot of parallel paths. I did yoga for oh god, eighteen years. I think I did Bikram for six and vinyasa, hot yoga, and I journal like every day. Like I mean, I'm just always writing or something. So I get what you're saying about what do you mean? What do I do for fun? I have fun every day, man. What are you talking yeah. about? You know, and it's it's true um, that you know just when you're in your 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 zone, you know your blessed space. Um, nothing's work really. It's all just it's all just kind of fun, you know. Really. Yeah, especially yeah. when you're in that amazing place where, <clears throat> you know, where you're actually in flow, where you're just truly connected. Because sometimes it's work, sometimes it's you know. But even the work is, if you love what you do, it's never work. But I yeah. mean, sometimes, sometimes it's a bit more. Um, you know, intellectual, I guess, and then other times it's it just it just flows through you. I love I love Elizabeth if I can say her name Elizabeth Gilbert, and she's got a TED talk on creativity, and she wrote a book too called Big Magic, um, which is fabulous, and it talks about this kind of idea of the genius, and uh, you know now nowadays like the genius is inside us, or it's supposed to be inside us, and it's 
you know, and it's too much pressure for a lot of people, you know, and a lot of people can't handle it that are creative because they, they'll do something that's genius and then they have to do something else that's also genius and they're like, they can't, you know, they can't keep up. So a lot of people, you know, turn to drugs and alcohol. And, and she said, you know, when that concept started of the genius, it was never inside the human. It was always, it was always like a, you know, a force or a spirit that was, that was drawn from the human that you or you your only job is to sit down and show up and then allow the genius to flow through you and she has all these great stories about about like um, there was a woman tending her field tending her field outside her house and i think she was a, a writer and she and she could almost feel this kind of force coming from behind her and she'd get up and 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 run into the house and she was trying to beat the beat the force before it got to her because <laughs> If she didn't catch it by the time she had her pen and paper inside the house, it was going to go through her and go on to the next writer and, and give them give them the idea. You know, yeah. so it's about grabbing and capturing these ideas when they hit you. And I think that that's also really important. If you if you the more that you that you honor those ideas and capture them and write them down and use them, um, the more the universe gives them to you or the yeah. genius you know gives them to you. And so I think if you sort of don't. I've, I've, I've had periods, and I think maybe that's what happened when I was sort of embroiled in, in being a mum. I was sort of, I let a lot of that go and I didn't, I wasn't honouring it. And so I didn't, I felt like the loop was lost a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really important. And Liz Gilbert might even mention that too. But, you know, like she's got a great story about Leonard Cohen and he's driving down a freeway maybe in LA somewhere and, you know, and he feels this, he's got this idea, this genius is, you know, giving him an idea and he's like literally talking to no one saying, are you kidding me right now? Like, can't you see I'm driving? How am I supposed to write this down? So I think he ended up pulling over and writing it down just because, you know, it's so important to honor it. Yeah. Otherwise, it, it literally will go through you and on to the next person. I do that all the time. I listen to, um, somebody taught me this at a music conference years ago. I eavesdrop when I'm out alone with my little black book or whatever, and I hear people talking and they're having this very interactive conversation and somebody just spit out, the most fabulous half sentence that they didn't even realize how great that was. And I write it down and, and yeah. add it to my notes, you know, and I'm really big at song titles too. Like when people are in conversation, I'll be like, I'm driving my fiance nuts. I'm like, that's a great song title. Out comes the iPhone. <laughs> and I go, hey, no, 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 no. I speak into the phone. That's the title, you know, but there, but you're right. The ideas are everywhere. You know, you just, I mean, we just have to like remind ourselves to, to tune back in and say, yeah, mm. get my, get my vibe back on and it's so it's so exciting and fun isn't it when you hear a little snippet or something we do that too especially yeah. steph and i we're out and we've got either the notepad or our phones and we're like constantly you know constantly writing down stuff and, and saying and it's, oh and then you could do this and oh that would be great yeah. it's, it's just it's just so much fun you know even if it, nothing comes of it like entertaining those ideas and seeing where they go, like that's the that's the fun, you know. It's in the it's in the um, you know it's in the creating of the thing, not the creation. You know, once it's once it's created, um, you'll for instance, if it's a song, I mean, you you still get the joy from listening to it. But I, the joy for me is is remembering the creating of it. Yes. And so the joy comes from the creating. And once it's created, it's kind of almost past tense you know and you get to listen to it but you listen to it probably remembering the getting the joy from the remembering the creating of it you know so i love that so it's always about just you know feeling like you're creating i think as long as we feel like we ha we're creating something and and we have something to look forward to then you know we, we're happy the well, ideas happy. are can't yeah. speak for everybody else but <laughs> the ideas are everywhere it's just like you know it's the littlest snippet or song title or whatever we just have to offer it simple human musical parenting and boom mm. a, a life is born you know just like that mm, so you know? true yeah so as we're winding down um i want to get uh first of all what is the title if you have it yet of the new album coming out mm, i don't have it yet don't have it yet okay no. well, we'll, we'll catch I'm up gonna with release you on one more single i think and then yeah and then yeah it'll depend it's it's yeah it's a it's a 
in and there's a couple of uh, contenders, so I haven't settled on one yet. Okay, I won't. I won't ask any further. <laughs> um, also, what is the best place for people to connect to Cass? I mean, I'll have all of your links, of course, in the show notes. But do you have a favorite as an Instagram or website, or where would people you prefer people to reach yeah, out? Wherever they are, I usually yeah. am. I mean, okay. I, my, I, I, I'm I'm mostly on Instagram and Facebook. Um, yeah, okay. and I have some videos on YouTube. Um, but they're yeah, they're the two ones that I use the most. And then I'm on Spotify and Apple Music too. Just everything's the Cassia, u- ubiquitous cast. Yes. Um, and finally, as we're wrapping down, um, I would like you to, if you would, if you have any like last words, anything you would like to offer our audience as far as uh, a prayer, some wisdom for the up and coming singer songwriters, anything at all you would like to say uh, before we say our goodbyes. Well, I feel like I've said so so much already. I love it. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, just just to find the joy in everyday life like that we're here to i just feel like we're here to grow and expand and be joyful and um and find ways to connect with other people and lift them up and um that's what i love about music you know that it has that power to i love i love making people feel great feel better than they did even if it's a sad song you know if if you hear a song that talks about how you're feeling, you're like, oh, my God, I, that's me. And, and then you're like, you sort of feel better because you feel less alone. So, um, you know, there's joy even in sad songs because they, they help people connect. They help you connect with people and, and still uplift them. And so that's that to me is, um, well, that's my journey anyway. I like, to, um, I like to use music to make people feel better including myself <laughs> it makes me it brings me so much joy so hopefully uh, that gets imparted to the listener as well but yeah i'm really excited about this new album coming out it's like a, it's like everything i've been doing with billy over the last few years um and i got so many songs i can't fit them all on there so i'll have to save some for the one for the for the next one coming up soon i'll keep recording and writing as this one gets released we will look forward to it Cass, thank you so much for being a part of the Dharmic Evolution. I really appreciate you, your talent, your songs, and I just want to wish all of God's blessings on you and your family and your um, your wonderful career moving forward. Thank you. Thanks, James. Thanks for inviting me. It's, I really appreciate it. It's been lovely. Well, what's not to love about Cass Eager? C-A-S-S-E-A-G-E-R.com. That's CassEager.com. Check it out in the show notes as well and support Cass's music. That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. Ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery If wishes were windows, I'd open one and find That freedom is really a simple state of mind So Ride with me Ride on, ride on We can untangle all the mystery Ride on, ride on Baby, baby, you and I can find the key Ride on, ride on We can unlock each other's destiny I taste the
Take a ride. 